Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're continuing our series on inflation. So far this week, we've studied what the real rate of inflation is, why our governments have got themselves into a debt trap, and what people on fixed incomes are facing in an inflationary environment. And on today's show, we're looking at what you can do as an investor to protect yourself against inflation. In the words of my mentor, George Ross, who's a frequent guest on the show, he says, borrow as much as you can for as long as you can, as long as you retain the right to prepay. I have examples of project after project where prices of construction have increased. If I go back to 2013, when we were building apartment buildings in the core of major cities, we were doing it for $88 per square foot in hard cost. That increased to $96 a square foot, then $105, then $115 a square foot, then $118, then $126 a square foot, and now we're quoting jobs at $145 a square foot. These are, of course, all U.S. numbers. In Canada, the numbers are higher. The numbers are quoting are for wood frame construction in many secondary markets with a decent quality of finish. We're not talking luxury finishes, but we're not talking laminate flooring either. Every step along the way, we asked ourselves whether we could count on rents to increase and afford the current cost of construction. At times, we were worried there was a disconnect. If we forecasted new construction using next year's higher construction cost with last year's rental rates, we often found the profit margins were thin. The yield was too low. But in every single case, in our direct experience, we found that by the time the new building is fully constructed, the rents in the market have risen above our pro forma forecast. In almost every case, we've exceeded our financial projections for revenue. Where we sometimes got caught is in forecasting expense growth. But as you'll see, there's an inherent resilience in the process. In a healthy building, expenses make up a minority proportion of your revenue. Let's create an example using simple math. Let's say that in our example, operating expenses consume 25%, that is a quarter of revenue. And if your rent for an apartment is, say, $1,600 a month, then your operating expenses would be a quarter of that, or $400 a month. Let's also assume that inflation is running at 10%. Now, in truth, it doesn't matter whether inflation is running at 2%, 5%, 10%, or more, but we'll use 10% just to keep the math simple. So that means that the revenue year over year should increase by 10%, and our $1,600 should go up by $160 a month. Expenses would conceivably also increase by 10%, which means that we have to add 10% of $400, or $40 a month, to the expense budget. But let's look at what happened. If we added $160 in revenue and $40 in expense, we've increased the net profit by $120. And if we have a fixed rate loan, the debt service will not go up at all. Since the profit went up by $120 a month, that's an annual increase of $1,440 a year. Now, if the property is valued at a 5% cap rate, then the value of your single apartment just went up by $28,800. And if you're questioning the math, send me an email to victor at victorjam.com and I'll show you the math very simply. Now imagine if instead of having just a single apartment, you've got a 100-unit building, then your building just went up in value by $2.88 million with just a 10% rate of inflation. All of the increase in value goes to the equity holder. On yesterday's show, we discussed some of the risks that happen with older properties. Older properties might not be able to support the full rate of inflation increase. Your expenses are going to increase in cost against your will. So let's go back to our example and imagine that with the same rate of 10% inflation, your tenants can only tolerate a 5% increase in rent. 
Maybe you're in a rent-controlled environment, and that's all they'll allow. You're falling behind in one sense, and that's partially true. But let's assume in our example, a 5% increase in rent is $80 on that $1,600 in rent, and you're still facing a 10% increase in expenses. Because after all, inflation is running at 10% in our example. So instead of a $120 increase in profit, you'd actually have an $80 increase in revenue offset by a $40 increase in expense for a net increase in profit of $40. Your 100-unit building would go up in value by $960,000 instead of $2.88 million. But that's, of course, assuming your lower-quality property can continue to command a 5% cap rate. And if your C-class building is now only commanding, say, a 7% cap rate, then the value increase shrinks, and you would only experience a $685,000 increase instead of $2.88 million. So when I say the quality matters, this is what I'm talking about. A higher quality income-producing asset will maintain its ability to generate increasing revenue in the face of inflation. The profit growth in the highest quality asset is protected, and the value growth is also protected. Notice that in all of these examples, the true value didn't go up. Prices increased, but not the market value, and that's an important distinction. There was no increase in market demand for apartments. There was no shortage of apartments that drove up prices. It was purely inflation-driven. Playing the investing game in an inflationary environment can be a winning game, provided you know the rules. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.